the Podfix Network. Well, hello, listeners, and welcome to Studio A. You are listening to The Interview Show, your home for entertaining and insightful discussions on all manner of topics. And here's the host of the show, Chris Green. Thank you, Tommy. Welcome back, everyone. This is the continuation of our two-part conversation with Elaine Stott from Season 39 of Survivor. Let's get right to it. One of the biggest stories from Season 39 was when Dan was removed from the game for inappropriate conduct. Understandably, fans have a lot of questions about that incident. Yeah. Is that something you can talk about? Uh, I mean, the only thing I can talk about is like my my personal whatever. Yeah. I personally never had a problem with Dan, and I wasn't aware that other people did. I, di- I didn't know the Kelly thing. I didn't know the things between them. I had no idea. And I actually didn't find those things out until I got to Ponderosa and talked to Kelly. But the only thing I knew is what my alliance was telling me. And the girls were telling me that Janet was lying and that um, that it wasn't true. She was making it up. And that's all I knew because I hadn't played with Janet, but for three days, I didn't play with Kelly, but for three days. I don't even know if it was three days. It might have been two. But but you know what I mean? So I went with what my alliance was telling me. And from my standpoint was, is, you know, when Elizabeth tells me, you know, hey, we're going to tell Janet that we're voting Dan. It, it was not it wasn't because I had known that the the stuff that Missy and Elizabeth were doing behind the scenes. I didn't know any of that. I had no idea they were having those conversations. I didn't know any of that. I just thought it was like, hey, we're voting for Karishma because we don't like her. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, like, from my viewpoint, it was like, all right, we're voting for Dan because we don't like him, you know? And I was like, all right, dude, okay, I'm going to go tell Dan. You know, like, that way, because that survivor, if you know information that somebody's voting for somebody, and you go to that person and you're like, yo, so-and-so's voting for you, then it's going to turn them against that other person. Right. And that's what we needed because we were trying to keep new Lyro together. I mean, new Volkai together. And uh, But because I didn't know behind the, all the the behind the scenes stuff it made it it made it seem like that i was a part of this grand scheme whatever but i wasn't and uh yeah so man that's all i know i mean i can't i can't speak about like how missy elizabeth you know this because i don't know you know what i'm saying like i just know what i knew in the moment so tammy wanted to know if any of the stuff around the dan issue were scripted at all it certainly doesn't sound like it no, I mean what what you what you see is, is what it was. The problem was is that we didn't even have all that information. Like I didn't even know all the stuff that happened until I seen it on TV. You know what I'm saying? Like I I did not know that that Kelly was crying in her confessionals. That J- I didn't know any of that stuff. So you know, from my point, when I seen it on TV, I was like, holy shit! And see, I had talked to Kelly since the show. Like I had talked to her, and she had filled me in on a lot of shit. And uh, but I still didn't know to the magnitude of what you know what I'm saying. I still didn't. And so you know when all that aired on TV, like I know people issued apologies and this that and the other. I just called Janet and I called Kelly because look, you know that's that's who I am. Like I'm not a public person. You know what I'm saying? Like even though I put myself on national TV or whatever, I, I keep my circle small. So when shit happened and I seen it go down, I was like, damn. Like I called Kelly and I was like, yo, Kelly, I'm so sorry. Which I had apologized and said thanks to her all this time. But seeing it on TV, I was like, yo, this is... And she's like, Lane, you got nothing to apologize for. I didn't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? And same thing with Janet. I was like, Janet, when I watched that tribal council uh, where, where she got so much crap... Like what they didn't show is like, uh, you know, I went to Janet and I was like, yo, Janet, I'm with you. I, you are not on the bottom. I don't like how you were treated. I don't, I don't agree with this. You know what I'm saying? And so when I talked to Janet after when it all aired and I told Janet, I was like, man, I'm so sorry that I didn't speak up for you more in that tribal because that was brutal. You know, like it, it was even more brutal in the moment than it was, you know, on TV. And, uh, she she she's like Elaine. You got nothing to apologize for. You know, you're the my words was what kept her in the game. That's what she told me. And she's like, you have no idea how much that meant to me in the moment. And so for me personally, knowing that Kelly was okay with me and that Janet was okay with me, and they know what I did or didn't do, I'm okay with that. 
You know what I'm saying? Because those are the only people that mattered to me. You know what I'm saying? So like it was um uh, man, it was it was rough watching it on TV for sure. You know? Yeah, I bet. It was it was a rough watch from a viewer standpoint. Yeah. Mindy asked a question that I I don't remember this, so I don't I don't completely understand the question, but hers was after the first Dan talk, it seemed as if people made their own huts to sleep in, and then she wanted to know did did they stay sleeping in their own huts for the rest of the season? Uh, well, we actually had built uh, one, two, three. We had four shelters at Bogai. Okay. We we had the shelter that was at main camp, and then you had three beach shelters, and little different groups slept in each one. Okay, so that that was unrelated to the Dan incident. Yeah, it was unrelated. It's just you know one the I couldn't sleep in the shelter at all. Me and Tommy slept in the hammock for for a lot of the season, <laughs> just slept in the hammock. And then uh, as the season went on, I think Tommy, Dean, and I think Lauren slept. We called it um uh, uh, we called it three point It was like three point oh, two point oh, and one point oh. You know what I mean? The different ones on the beaches, and then like. Me, Nora, Elizabeth, we all slept in the one uh, towards the end, and Janet and Dan slept in the 1.0. So it's just where people were comfortable sleeping. You know what I mean? Got it. And, uh, you know, before we ever built the other two, it was like uh, Janet, Dan, Elizabeth, and Missy in the one shelter, me and Tommy in the hammock, Lauren, Nora and Lauren and Charisma in the, the shelter. Like we just slept in different places. It but it didn't have anything to do with the Dan thing. Uh it. it was just where people chose to sleep, you know. Are you satisfied with how the show handled that whole incident? Uh here's the thing, man. Like everybody can throw stones and, and say what they want, but I don't fault production for, for none of that. You know, like uh I I think the incident itself and and everything that took place, it's a learning lesson for everybody involved. And it, it's a learning lesson for for people in cast. It's it's learning lesson for the producers, for, for Jeff and for everybody involved. And moving forward, like everybody's gonna take something away from this and it's gonna be better because of it. You know what I mean? So I don't fault them for how things went down because it's like you got people saying it, it was real. You got people saying that it was what and, and was lying. You got, pe- so, you know what I mean? I, but I do think that moving forward that uh, they need to have a third party, so to speak, that doesn't have a dog in the fight. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that would make kind of like a doctor when a doctor walks in, like they're they're the third party, no dog in the fight. You know what I'm saying? They're just concerned with the health of the individual. Right. So I think moving forward, I think that I think that's what they're gonna do is they're gonna have a third party when if if and when situations like that arise, they can say no, this is how it. You see what I mean? Yep. So I, I don't I don't fault production. I, I think that it was. Uh, a lesson to be learned by everybody, you know? Well, here's what stood out to me about it, is Missy and Elizabeth decided together, between the two of them, to tell people that Dan acted inappropriately towards them as part of their game strategy. And mm-hmm. it was Kelly who actually was treated inappropriately by Dan, and she's the one that got voted out. And mm-hmm. Missy and Elizabeth were never really called out about it, either in Tribal or at the finale, and never really, there was no real direct consequence for for using that issue, which is really serious, as part of yeah. their game strategy. To me, that was that was the big, that was the worst thing about the whole incident is that they used something like that as part of their game strategy. Yeah, well, the the thing is, those is lines get blurred. Uh, uh, even Kelly was using Dan as as a strategic as a strategic thing. Uh, whenever she said, like, you know, she's she's going to vote for Missy and not for Dan. Uh, so so everybody done it. But okay. be- because I don't know if you remember, but but Kelly, when when um, uh, somebody she she in her confessional or something, she said, uh, you know, do I want Dan gone? Yeah. But am I going to make a, a decision based? You know, I'm going to do what's best for my game. And her game was getting rid of Missy. That's what was best for her. And that's why she was pushing the Missy vote. And she used the Dan thing just like Elizabeth and Missy did as a a, a diversion. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, for for making Missy and Elizabeth think that, the, that she was going with Dan. 
You see what I'm saying? So there's different levels to it. Okay. And and I think that that the lines were just blurred, and it, and that's why I say you can't fault production because like, you know, Kelly's saying this is an issue, but in the same breath saying I'm not going to get rid of him because it's not good for my game. I think what came away from it is what you said. So a couple of things. One is it's very complicated. It's a complex thing. It is. It is. And Kelly, listen, Kelly, for me, I did not vote Kelly out because of the Kelly Dan thing, because I didn't know it. I didn't know what was going on. So that was not what, what I voted Kelly out for. I voted Kelly out because that's what the alliance that I was working with wanted to do. And the reason why they wanted to is because when when Kelly came back over and like Tommy went to Kelly and had a conversation with her, Kelly told Tommy she didn't trust him. You know, and and then he's seen her talking to Missy for two hours and he's like, yo, like we're supposed to be voting her out. Like, why is she buddying up to her? And so there was all these things that took place that caused distrust. And see, there was also incidences of, you know, uh, new Lyro were supposed to throw challenges to vote out the old Lyro and they didn't. So it made Lauren, Tommy and even Dan, it made them think, yo, maybe they're not with us. You see what I'm saying? So there was already this mistrust. And then you have Kelly playing the idol for Jack. And then they agreed amongst themselves that they wasn't going to tell Lauren, Dan, or Tommy what happened. So when they came back over, Lauren actually heard that information from Dee. And once that happened, it's like, yo, we can't trust her. We can't trust Kelly. She, she, She told Tommy she didn't trust him. She played an idol and got rid of Jack, who was supposed to be in our alliance. They wasn't throwing challenges. We don't trust this chick. You see what I'm saying? So it sounds like it was certainly serious and to be taken seriously. Yes, it was. But even in spite of that, everybody involved was still prioritizing game. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, me personally, I didn't know that that was taking place. But to me, I, I it was just Kelly. Kelly couldn't be trusted. I had a conversation. I wanted to work with Kelly. And we had a conversation on the beach. It was the only time me and Kelly really talked. And we talked about the game. And it was... a. Uh, you know, she was like, and me and her argue about this all the time too, because it's, I tell her, I said, from that one conversation, I didn't trust you. And what it was is like, we were in trouble. Old Lyra was in trouble. You know, if Volkai stuck together, we were done. And so I was looking for any opportunity to go somewhere else other than being with Lyro. And when I talked to Kelly and she's like, listen, if you can make it through the next couple votes, then I'll work with you. And I was like, yo, I'm in trouble now. You're, you you want to wait and see if I make the vote or survive the vote to work with me? Like, that's what kind of alliance is that? <laughs> you know what I mean? And when she told me that, I was like, yo, this chick, like, she's on another level. You know, like, she's so, like, shady. I didn't trust her, whatever, whatever. And uh, when, when me and her talked about it, she's like, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. You know, and I was like, well, that's how I took it, you know? So it was just, for me personally, it was just... I didn't trust Kelly and I was trying to just stay in the game. And if they're going at each other and not coming at me, I was okay with that. But that if I'd have known about the Dan thing and if I'd have known that it, everything was as serious as it was and that that stuff was going on, I told Kelly, I said, Kelly, if I ever knew you felt that way, I, my, it would have been totally different, you know? And, and she just, because we didn't have that relationship, she didn't feel comfortable enough telling me. I think the most important thing to take away from it is that, you know, Jeff, and the show takes it very seriously and they'll do things like you said much differently going forward. Yeah, and see that's the thing is like inappropriate touching is serious. You know what I mean? Like it, it's it, it is a big deal and and Kelly should be believed and 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 Janet too, you know what I'm saying? Like all that stuff is like so important. And the thing is is like Dan Dan made a mistake. You know what I mean? He needs to learn and grow and move forward from this and but I think all of us do. You know what I mean? Not not just Dan. I I like me personally. I didn't even know about the Me Too movement. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what Times Up was. Like so, I was educated on a different level about stuff. And and that's the thing is like you can either pull like the bad and and this that and the other for it, or you can learn and grow and move forward and become a better person and do better. I think that's the right perspective right there. Yeah, and so that that's what I think all of us need to do. Like. As a, as a player, as a viewer, like everybody, you know, there was a lot of hate after that. It's like, you know, the girls got death threats. People people were talking about my dead mom and, and like, you know, the, the fat jokes and, and just this, this and this. And it's like, yo, like, 
And like I said, I didn't even know. Like it, it seemed like I was a part of, but I wasn't. And and Kelly and Janet can vouch for me. But because of what they perceived things to be, the hate that came was crazy. And like, even though like right now, like me and Missy don't get along, but nobody deserves to be treated like that, regardless. Right. You know, and I that's something I just don't agree with. So like as viewers, you know, uh, people can learn and and grow from all i think everybody can from from the whole thing i think everybody can yeah i think so too yeah at the beginning of the season did you get a good read on most of the players or did some surprise you uh yeah i mean not not talking to people and just seeing their you know their body language or what they eat or what they drink or or whatever, like it, it's kind of hard to to get a read on people. Now, if somebody mean mugs you all the time and they don't smile back, it gives you a certain impression, or, or you know what I'm saying. But like, you, you can't really until somebody opens their mouth, you you're not gonna really know who they are just by by looking at them once. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 a little 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 harder than that. So in the end, you voted for Tommy to win. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I regret it now. But, but no. Do you really? Because that was one of the <laughs> no. questions that some some viewers felt like he didn't do. T- I don't know. I don't know if I agree with this. I have to think through this. But some viewers felt like he didn't do too much. But well, yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. Dean Dean played great in the last week. He did. Yeah, he did. He was the man the last week. But it's a 39 day game. So, like, did I feel like I could reward Dean a million dollars for that one week of awesome? No, I just didn't think I could. You know what I'm saying? And to me. Like Tommy just played a, a a better game for the long the the long haul. You know what I'm saying? Well, let me let me play devil's advocate just for, just for a moment because Dean did whatever he needed to to get to the, hit that point. Also, they just took different well, paths. That, well, that's true, but I, to me, if if you luck into stuff, that's not game. That's luck. You know, some people are lucky and some people ain't. I've never been lucky. And <laughs> Dean was one lucky guy. You know what I'm saying? He was one lucky guy. Okay. He was going home. He was going home and didn't have a clue, didn't have an idea in the world. And me and Elizabeth saved him and, and voted Chelsea. You know, he was going home. He was. He thought that he was in with the boys and they were voting Nora. But he was going home and had no idea until Kelly walked up to him and handed them an idol. There's no gameplay in that. Okay. I, th- I think that's I mean? fair. It's, that's fair. It's it's luck. By luck. You know what I'm saying? By luck, me and Elizabeth liked him. And didn't I didn't I personally didn't want to give Aaron what he wanted. This is the only reason why I didn't vote D. Yeah. It's because I didn't want Aaron I didn't <laughs> like Aaron and I thought, no, I'm not playing your game, buddy. You want him gone, I'm keeping him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like for me, he lucked into all that for however many days and then once it start getting started getting down um after Lyro and was gone and then he started then he started playing but he got positioned in that place by luck as far as i'm concerned you know so on the show they made it look like everyone ignored karishma when she sliced off a bit of her finger is that what really happened no uh, I wasn't even in camp when that happened, and Karishma actually said that at the tell-all when she did Survivor Specialist. I wasn't even in camp, and when I came back to camp, uh, I went straight to Karishma and asked her how she was. You know what I mean? Now I You went back and watched the show, so you know that the way they made it look is that she was completely ignored. Yeah, they made it look like I was sitting in camp eating rice, <laughs> but what it was, what it was is after I checked on Karishma, we, went, we were making rice, and uh, I went and sat down and ate rice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But b- because of, you know, the, how it looked or whatever, it made it seem like I was there when it happened and I wasn't. I was at the well. Me missing Elizabeth was at the well. And uh, I went straight to her when I came back. So, and, and she knows that. You know what I mean? And like I said, like, it, it is what it is. Listen, they got a TV show to make. You know what I mean? And the more drama, the better. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. And, and she, she did have this underdog arc and, and this, that, and the other. And uh, she was outcasted. In, in a sense, uh, but you know, from my standpoint, it's part of her fault. You know, I, I told her I was like, you know, you withdraw, you you didn't interact, you didn't, you wasn't a part of conversations, you you isolated yourself. Like how how am I supposed to work with you? Know what I mean? Like, does and, she agree with that now? Was, does she see that that's what she did, or does she still disagree? No, no, no. Krishna owns her shit. Like okay. she does, she owns it. But she also says 
you know, that she still felt that she was bullied in a sense. And, and she, she, like, she'll tell you, she wasn't bullied by me, like, but she felt like, you know, that she was bullied in a sense. And, you know, because I wasn't a part of those conversation in my eyes, she wasn't, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and, and just because I have a perception of how things was, doesn't mean it's 100. You know what I'm saying? So like, no, I believe, I believe Karishma, you know, she, she felt that way. And I can see why she felt that way. But for my eyes, it was part of what she was doing. Like, you know, if you're not interacting or you're not, and you're just pulling away from people, like, how do you expect them to engage with you? You know what I mean? Like, it was, so it was probably 50-50. Well, I think, I think the the consensus from the viewership is that it might have been more than 50-50, that, that maybe it was 60 or 70-30 that she may have done it to herself. Oh, done it to herself? Yeah. Yeah, well, see, now I, I told Krishma. I said, you know, in the beginning of the game, I didn't, I didn't feel like he was. I feel like she kind of just, she couldn't figure out how to get her footing, and it hurt her. You know what I mean? She couldn't figure out how to get in, and and she just couldn't. But it even seemed like a couple of things went her way and, and opened up the door for her to kind of gain her, her footing multiple times during the season, and she never really took advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, and see, I I, I told her that too. I was like, you know, her her idol, for example. You know, I was always on the bottom of everything. And I was always looking for some other whatever. And I told Charisma, I said, Charisma, if I knew you had that idol, me, you, and Elizabeth and Dean could have voted one of the big three, Tommy, Dean, or Dan. I mean, Tommy, uh, Lauren, or, or Dan out. And we could have changed the game. You know what I mean? I, I was like, you had nothing to lose. You could have told me it wouldn't have mattered if, I, if she was scared I was going to tell other people. It wouldn't have mattered because she was still playing it regardless. Right, right. You know what I mean? So her thing was is that she didn't trust anybody and she didn't feel like she could work with anybody. And she said there was a conversation, which, you know, I believe that she felt like she thought about telling us and then she changed her mind. But what would have it hurt? You know, what would it have mattered? You know what I'm saying? If she told, I, I don't understand. But, you know, from her point of view, like she was just like, I'm saving my own ass right now. And But my thing was, is if, if you thought about the next one, like what was you, once you played your idol, what are you going to do next? You know what I mean? Like you, 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 you didn't use it as an opportunity to build trust with. Like she could have built, try to build trust with me, for example. You know, and I take part responsibility for that because I said, you know, when it, it, from the beginning I try to distance myself from Karishma, uh, as far as like being in an actual alliance with her because you know she was on the outs and I was on the outs too. So it's like two people on the outs. What can we do? You exactly. know. So I wanted yeah. to. Yeah, but I told her, I was like, you know, I was always down to do something. If you would have told me, I would have flipped it. You you could have, you know, like, you, you could have uh, built trust with me and Elizabeth. And you know what I'm saying? Like, Elizabeth could have stayed and, and one of them would have went home and it, it would have changed things. So, Christina Marshall had this question, and I remember this moment very clearly. It was when you and Dean were out in the jungle and you saw Tommy and Janet with the idol. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The general question is, why didn't you make a, a move around that? And the, the the question she asked was, why didn't you pull Dean and some others and blindside Tommy in that situation? Uh, listen, it, no, nobody, nobody was trying to get out Tommy. I was the only person, other than when 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 the the tribe was split and Missy wanted to vote Tommy out, nobody else wanted to vote Tommy. Okay, so pa Tommy pause right there because yeah. my related question is especially as you got closer and closer to the end, it was very clear that Tommy was the favorite. Why didn't anybody come together? Why didn't everybody come together to try to get rid of him? That, that's... I'm the only one. I'm the only one. <laughs> well, that's why I said one. earlier, you might've been the smartest one on the show. I was the only one. I would. I went to Lauren. I said, Lauren, he is not taking you. He has a thing with the boys. He's not taking you. I, I, the reason why Nora was trying to make that move before Dean spilled the beans at tribal was because me and Nora slept together in the shelter every night. And I would tell her, I was like, Nora, you've not done anything. You're their bitch. You know, you've not done anything. Right. Like, let's make a move. Let's do something. And that's why when that came up and she was so pissed, I was like, yo, this is our time right now, Nora, let's do it. That was actually all me. I was the one pushing Nora and Nora's like, all right, what are we doing then? You know, but um, it's cause Tommy had all of them convinced that, they were his number one. This happens at the end of every single season when there, when there's just a few people left. There, mm -hmm. there always seems to be one person that 
that from the viewers at least is the, is clearly going to get voted to win in the mm-hmm. you know, at, at the actual vote but the people around don't ever eliminate that person well it's because tommy paints he, i reckon he painted bigger targets on everybody else's back you know it's like you know, but, but you I mean, can't even, even if he says to to he can tell everyone you're my number one but all they have to do is recognize yes but if i'm sitting next to you you're the one that's going to get the million dollars yeah well see like for lauren Lauren and Tommy done everything together. So from her perspective, this is everything Tommy did, I did, and I did more because she did a lot more than Tommy did in my eyes. So like for Lauren, it's like I'll sit next to Tommy. For Nora, Nora's in Nora's world, so she thought she was winning regardless, <laughs> you know. And then Dean, Dean didn't think Tommy done that much because he never done anything around camp. He didn't win immunity, so in his eyes, he was the better player because he had come from underdog story. You so know that was I mean? the and thing then, is that every, everyone was confident in sitting next to Tommy. They had no problem sitting next to Tommy. Yes. Wow. Yes. And okay. I tried to tell all nobody, nobody, just like the puzzle when I was like, yo, this piece is wrong. You know what I mean? I said that 25 times and they're screaming <laughs> at me to put the puzzle piece in. Put it in, put it in. But it's wrong. No, put it in, put it in. I was like, yo, okay, fine. I'll put it in. And then Jeff walks over. He said, it's wrong. And they're like, oh, take that piece out. And it's like, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? It's like, they just wasn't listening. And I think it's because, because they had already had it in their minds that I was not going to be in the end because I would have won. You see what I mean? So they wasn't trying to hear anything I had to say. But they were they took right. It as, uh, yeah. But so like they wasn't trying to hear anything I had to say because in their eyes, I'm trying to save myself. But they were right in that if they were, if, if they were, if any of them would, maybe even Tommy too. I mean, I don't, I don't know how it would have shaken out, but it, at least from my oh, perspective. Oh yeah, I had to be Tommy. R- that's I had to be right. Tommy. Yeah, I mean, no one would, no one should have wanted to sit next to you. No, and they didn't, and and they yeah. didn't, and 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 that's why, like you know, the entire season, I was like, I'll sit next to anybody because the thing of the game is, is you have to get to the end. Like, don't worry about like she want Missy wanted to take charisma. She's like, oh, charisma, I'm taking her to the end. But you're you're so focused on taking this one person that you didn't even make it there. You know what I mean? Like you didn't. Right. So my thing is, is like I don't care who I'm going against. Just get me there, and then I'll figure out how to win. I'll figure out like what I need to say, what I need to point out. You know what I mean? Like that's how I was coming at it. Is like just get me to the end, and then I'll try to work my magic. And if it doesn't work out, it don't. You know what I'm saying? I just wanted to get there. I think the irony there is, is that classically and historically, you're underestimated. Yeah. But at the very end of this game, you were, you were not underestimated, and they underestimated Tommy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. They couldn't see it. They they was staring at me for so long. They forgot about Big Red. Yeah, yeah, for you sure. Know? Okay, I've got a set of questions that are generally is what we saw on TV, what it really was. So, for example, mm-hmm. Amy asked, you know, in general, what surprised you the most while watching it back on TV, or or the, the, like Nan asked, would you change your finals vote after you saw the confessionals or those types of things. No, I, I wouldn't change my vote because uh, in in my eyes, he, Tommy just played a better all around game. You know what I mean? And, Would you have changed and, uh, any of your votes that you made during the season after watching the show? Uh, Sounds like you. I we, mean, we've talked I, about a few instances where maybe you would. Hindsight's twenty twenty. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yep. oh, if I didn't do this and if I'd have kept this person, then it would have went this way. But in the moment, man, like, you know what I mean? Like. It's like uh, the the Chelsea vote, like voting Chelsea out was a huge mistake. But because I could not convince Missy of that, like I just went with it, even though I knew it was wrong. Charisma should have went like I knew she was going to flip. I knew she wasn't a part of anything like she was the vote. But because Missy was so persistent about it, I didn't want to paint a bigger target on myself after I just saved Dean. So I gave in. You know what I mean? But in hindsight. If I could go back and just walk up into camp and tell Chelsea, then we could have flipped it on Missy. You know what I'm saying? And, and it would have been a different game. But we can all go back and remember moments and times and this, that, and the other. A lot people think that, you know, me voting out uh, Missy instead of Tommy was my biggest mistake. And I don't think that. Because with Missy, I was always dead men walking. You know what I mean? Like I was never in any of her plans. Right. And if I vote Tommy out in that instance, we come back to camp, Lauren, I'm dead to Lauren. You know what I mean? So there's one one of my legs cut off. You know what I'm saying? And Missy uses that as a bonding point with Lauren. And Lauren's thing would probably have been, well, to revenge Tommy, we need to get rid of Elaine. And a Missy would have been on board with it. So I would have been gone. 
So at least me going with Tommy, I give myself opportunities to make something else happen, to try to change the stars, so to speak. The only thing is, is like, I couldn't close the deal. I couldn't finish it out. There's a couple of immunities that if I had won, if I beat Lauren out, Lauren went home. You know what I'm saying? If I had won against Dean, I would have been safe and probably Dean would have went out that one because the girls would have wanted Dean gone. You know what I mean? Like it would have changed everything. I just dropped the ball. So was the way you played the game accurately depicted on the show? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I was always on the outs, kind of out of the game, out of the loop. You know, I mean, uh, I was in it, but I wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how Jeff said. He's like, Lane, you was always out of it, but you was never out of it. It's like weird. Well, that's you an know? interesting way uh, to describe it because that's the way I would describe it also. Is is I always felt you were still, you, were, it was, you still had plenty of possibilities to advance and maybe even win the game, even though, as you would yeah. describe, you you seem like you might be on the outs. It was it was a very weird blend which that I don't think most people can, can balance successfully. Yeah, it was... Uh, and, and I think a lot of it had to do is like I was trying to lay low. And and so I was trying not to seem super strategic. So I didn't want to do anything extra. Or like I said, walk up into camp and tell Chelsea about Missy and cause us all this drama. I was trying to keep out of all that. And um, and because, you know, the, as the game goes, I was trying to be like with Lauren and Tommy, I was trying to be a part of their plans and point fingers at other people. You know what I mean? To, to paint bigger targets on them instead of myself. And it worked. But it, after you get to a certain point, though, like my target was just too damn big, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> were you and the other players just as people portrayed accurately on the show? It seemed like you were. Uh, I, I feel that way, but, you know, not everybody feels like that. Yeah. You know, some, some people feel that they were portrayed totally wrong. And, and I feel like it, it it was a uh, to me it was what it was you know what I'm saying it, those people are those people you know and uh, you know but at the same time like it just it, being on camera it makes you it kind of can make you one dimensional you know like um, like Aaron you know super jock uh, super ego whatever whatever but that's not Aaron you know what I mean like Aaron's a good dude you know what I'm saying he's a great dad a great husband like. He he's a cool guy, and I actually really like Aaron outside the game. Inside the game, I hated Aaron. <laughs> well, I, th- I think that's what's behind this question: is are people portrayed the way they really are? Yeah, but, but see, that's the thing: is like you know, Aaron, Aaron is a bang on your chest. I'm I'm a, I'm a whoop you at basketball, or, or I do this better than you. You know, he has that ego about him, but at the same time, that's not who he is. Right? You know what I mean? Like he he he's still a kind, caring good dude you know what i'm saying but uh when you're on tv things get magnified and that's just part of his personality that they chose to magnify you know what i'm saying sure were there scenes that that you wish would have made it into the show that got cut all the funny stuff dude like we had so much fun like i'm pretty funny (laughs) and and there's just i mean just hours on hours of me and big tom just busting each other's chops just hella funny stuff like and and we just had such a good time and a lot of that didn't get showed because of time constraints and other issues and other things going on. But yeah, that that's the stuff that, that I wish you could see. Well, I, I think a lot of us would have liked to have seen some of that stuff. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, me and Aaron went spearfishing and uh, I actually almost got bit in the face by a shark. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, and it, I was scared to death, bro. It was so scary. It was only like a five or six foot shark, but still. You know what I mean? I still was attacked. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure anybody wants to be bit in the face by any size shark. No, it was so scary. Like, okay, Aaron's like 30 yards away from me. He's spearfishing off the reef and I'm spearfishing off the reef on the other side. And I had went down off the reef and out of the corner of my eye, I seen a shark go around like the little realm of the reef. And I was like, oh, and he was only like six or seven feet away from me. And I thought, oh, I I wonder if I should stab this shark. And I was like, no, I better not. I jumped up on the reef. So I'm like thigh high in water on top of the reef and Aaron I started hollering for Aaron I was like Aaron there's a shark and I'm pointing down below me uh, you know because off the drop of the reef it's like 20 feet deep or something like that and I was like Aaron there's a shark well instead of coming towards me he starts scooby creeping out of the water just as fast as he could go <laughs> so he's freaking out well meanwhile I put my goggles on and put my face down in the water to see where the shark went you know because even though I'm I'm thigh high like still he can swim in four feet of water you know what I mean like three foot of water so I stick my head down and I start I look and see where he goes well I was standing on the kind of like a like a cliff 
And right. so he swam from the right under the cliff, and I thought he was coming out to the left. Well, he literally come right up the cliff, and right where I had my face stuck down, he came right for my face. Wow. And when he came for my face, I throwed myself back. I'd already took my fins off and stuff. I had my my fins and the spear in my hand. I throwed myself back in the water, and I was just stabbing and kicking just as fast as I could. Well, meanwhile, Aaron's trying to get out of the water, and he looks back. He literally thinks I'm dying. You know what I mean? He's oh, like, no. yo, I, I thought you were dead. I thought you were being shark attacked. He was trying to get out of the water, though. He wasn't helping me at all. <laughs> right. And all, I had I was in the water, and all you could hear is I was going, <laughs> I was screaming just as loud as I could. What a hero. So anyway, yeah, I got up, and I started scooby creeping just as fast as I could. And then finally, I caught up to Aaron. And me and him was just like going back and forth about it. Well, we get back to the be- the beach, and uh, the camera guys and them were they were they didn't come out in the water because the the tide was too low. So they were shooting from the beach, and then everybody was kind of just hanging out on the beach that day. So when I got back to to the bank, and when I got back to the bank, like me and Aaron start telling the story, and I, I was like, "Did you not hear me?" And they're like, "No, we thought you were just hollering." I was like, "No, I was being freaking shark attacked." You know what I mean? <laughs> and the camera guys, when the season was over, they was like, "Yo, when you came back to the beach, that was the funniest story I've ever heard in my life." Because our reenactment and like I'm extra when I'm telling a story, so like it was hilarious in the moment, but like after the fact in the moment, but during the moment, I was scared to death, bro. I didn't go spearfishing after that; like it freaked me out. It literally freaked me out. I would imagine. But it was crazy. For sure. That sounds like the biggest miss of the season by the crew to not <laughs> capture that better. Oh, yeah. Like, if they had been out there in the boat, like, I, I don't know how close, like, literally, like, I, I put my head down in the water. So, like, the the water's probably, like, two foot. It's probably, like, two feet to the top of the reef. So, as soon as he came out from underneath that thing, so he was within a foot of my face. Goodness. Yeah scared me to death bro and i go back to the beach and i was telling janet and janet's like yeah that's his territory and he was totally like letting you know to get the freak out of there you know but i was scared to death i didn't go spearfishing after that i was like yo forget that i'm not that hungry i'll just (laughs) i wish that would have made the show for sure yeah me too because if you because aaron's six foot two you know he's built like a brick shit house and here it is. He's scared to death of everything. Like when we was on Lyra, like we we uh, had built our fire, and I guess it was the flight path of the birds. So we would sleep around the fire at night, and they would just dive bomb us and like run into us and shit. And Aaron was scared to death. Like he's just a big chicken. Like he's a big baby. <laughs> That's fantastic. So this question, real quickly, who surprised you the most when you watched back and and saw the confessionals? Anything stand out? Yeah, not really, because you know, I feel like that that the the things that they were saying and doing kind of was like who they were. Yeah, you know, it wasn't, you know, like Missy. Her confessionals were like death. You know what I mean? Like she was killing it in confessionals, but I knew she was that that strategic, that methodical. You know what right. I mean? Like I knew that about her, so like it didn't surprise me to actually see that. You know what I'm saying? So like, no, I mean, and then I think everybody was pretty much you know how it was you know what i'm saying so it didn't surprise me surprise me did you think you'd get as far as you did in the game what were your expectations going in uh i thought if i could make it the first couple days i could win really and the first couple days yeah i thought if i if i can make it the first couple days i can win because like once i get a footing I i usually do pretty well in anything oh okay that makes sense and so like um my thing was, is like, I was worried that I would get labeled like uh, liabilities as far as challenges and stuff. And then if I could keep my mouth shut, like I said, I'm a big personality. And so like, and, and I'm pretty independent, you know what I mean? So like, uh, I usually take control in whatever I'm doing and that comes across as bossy a lot of times. Oh yeah. No, that, that's bitten plenty of previous players. Yeah. So, so if, if I could not do those things and, and then I thought, why well, I got a, I got a shot at going. You know, and and so I was accurate in the sense of, you know what I mean, that I could go pretty far. Yeah, definitely. It's just uh, my end game. My my end game. I should have, I should have tried to throw some more curveballs in there instead of just accepting my fate. You know what I mean? Which I tried what I could try. It's just it didn't work out. You know what I mean? What about your survivor experience? Did you least expect? Uh, I think the aftermath. Um. You know, uh, when you when you try out for the show, you don't think of the things after the fact. 
you know, and of course nobody could have predicted the whole Dan situation and all that or right. whatever. Right. But just what it what it does to your life, like either good or bad. You know what I mean? Sure. And the uh, people go out expecting all these great things, but not everybody gets that from it. Yeah. And uh, a lot of players have come home and they've regretted it, and they've they've uh, you know they wish they were never a part of it or feel like they were portrayed a certain way that they didn't feel that that's them or. You know what I mean? So the the stuff after, and then you know when you first come home, you you have a little PTSD, and uh, it's really really hard, the reacclimating back into your life. That's hard. I never thought that it would be. Is that the most difficult challenge of being part of Survivor? Yeah, it really is. It's it's getting back into life because of, I don't know. Like we talk to psychologists and stuff from the show, and and it's like they they say that you know you go out there and and, and it's. They compared it like to when soldiers go to war. You know, they they've experienced something with their their fellow soldiers that they they haven't experienced with anybody else, and so it's not the same as war. Don't, don't get me wrong; it's nowhere close. But just the the same aspect of it. You know what I mean? Like we went and we done something together that, that only very few people know, and 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 the season itself, like nobody else went through the things we went through. So it, it brings you together in, in in some aspects, and when you go back into your life. You're not supposed to talk to these people. You're not supposed to be around these people. And it's really hard not to want to reach out. It's really hard not to talk to them. It's hard not to be around them every day, 24-7. That's really, really, really difficult. That was one of my questions was, what does the survivor calendar look like? In other words, you get you get onto the show, and then mm-hmm. what does that timeline look like from that point until, say, the finale? What? You leave in March to go, and then uh, I come home in May, and then uh, the show starts in September, and then the finale is in December. Do you have any tips for for future cast members? Uh, My thing I tell everybody is just be yourself. You know, you can pretend to be anybody for a couple minutes, a couple days. You can pretend to be anybody in the world, but your true colors always come out. You always end up being just who you are. You know, because you get tired, you're you're homesick, you're you're cold, you're whatever, and so your true character comes out. You know, and 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 you can't fake it no more. And so if you pretend to be something, and they cast you for that particular thing, and you go out there, and then you become, you know, you sold them on a lie basically, and you get out there, and you're not who you say you are. It's gonna show. And so, uh, and then also the the casting and and stuff, they're really good at at like seeing through the bullshit. You know what I mean? They're they're pretty good about it. Well, they've but they've been doing this a long, long time. Exactly. So if you pretend to be something you're not, it's not going to go over well. You know, they're they're going to figure you out, and you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. Whereas if you just go out from the jump and you just be you, you know what I mean? It's going to do you better in the long run. You know. And, uh, so that's my advice: is just be yourself. Be an over exaggerated version of yourself. Like if you're funny, be extra funny. You know what I'm saying? Like don't be a bump on the log. You know what I mean? Like. Just be who you are. That's my thing. So another really popular question, Mackenzie, Jenny, Glenna, uh, Nina, and some others all had, was probably a very popular question to ask you, which is, how has your life changed since this? Uh, it's It's been crazy. I went from you know working six, seven days a week, 12-hour days, to not working. When I came home, my woman told me, you know, and she knew what place I got. She knew I didn't win the million, but she, she told me if I wanted to, I could stay home and and do the farm thing and be stay at home mom. So when I came home, it was like, you know, go from 15 years straight of working that many hours and days to hanging out at the house. It's totally different. And then you, you couple that with the fact that Sia gave me a hundred grand. It's like, Jesus, I went from living the American dream, being in a debt up to my eyeballs to being out of debt. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So it's like, yeah. So it's like, uh, I, it's amazing, dude. It, it blows my mind that this is where it went. You know what I'm saying? And this is how it went. And uh, I'm completely thankful and uh, I can't express my gratitude enough to see it for doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, she don't have to do things like that. You know what I'm saying? But she she saw something in me that she liked and I appreciate that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, I, I told you at the top of this of this interview that you're one of the most likable people in the show's history. Yeah. 
Well, that's kind of see. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm a pretty humble person, you know. Like I, you know, to your friends and stuff, you talk trash, talk about how you create this, this, and that. But <laughs> right. I try to stay grounded and not get the big head and and you know just be me. And and uh, so to hear stuff like that, it's it's kind of weird, you know what I mean? It's kind of crazy for people to say that, but it's also super cool, you know. Like uh, I have a lot of people reach out to me, and they, you know. I think the reason why people like me so much is because I'm down to earth and uh, I'm, I'm like a lot of people in America, you know, like hard work and blue collar, you know, just try to be myself, be honest and be kind. And there's a lot of people out there like me, so they relate. And then you have uh, a lot of kids, like I can tell you how many kids have reached out and be like, Elaine, you're my favorite. There's this one little six-year-old girl, her name's Bella, uh, her grandma reached out to me and she's like could you just talk to my granddaughter she adores you and so i skyped with her and uh and then i sent her a t-shirt and stuff and she actually got it on my birthday and wow. she woke up that day and she's like it's elaine's birthday today you know this this and this but you know like so and then i have another another little girl that i talk to consistently her name's izzy and uh, she's from texas and uh she reminds me of myself she she has a hard time in school not the most popular kid and, uh, you know, I just try to tell her, don't don't let them bring you down. You just keep being you because one of these days, like, it's going to pay off. You know what I mean? Like, just keep being you and don't try to be no different. To me, that's the coolest part about the whole thing is because you can talk to a kid or talk to or an adult even and be like, yo, I, I just lost my mom. I don't know how many of those I got. It's like you're like I see myself in you, so to speak, or whatever. That's the coolest thing. So for me, what I'm doing now is like I'm I want to pay things forward. You know, and uh like I'm I'm flying out next week. I'm going to Florida to my friend. She's a teacher down in uh Sarasota, Florida. I'm flying down there and I'm gonna go to her school and talk to some of the kids and uh you know try to try to reach the youngins, you know <laughs> just give them some inspiration. And then there's been a lot of local schools. I come from a poor part of kentucky you know there's and uh some of the teachers have reached out and they're like yo if you can come to our school and just talk to us about or talk to the kids about you know just because you're here doesn't mean this is where you have to always be you know what i'm saying and and so like for me like being able to take my popularity or like people thinking i'm great and turn it into something of like some kind of motivational thing that's i couldn't ask for anything better you know um uh that's amazing. Well, I, th I think you just hit on it, is that your your strength of character allows you to be a very worthy steward of what's been given to you. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Big Tom, he was my ride or die in the game. He's my ride or die out of the game. He's been kind of like my little agent. And uh, he's uh, hooked me up uh, with a writer. I'm, we're going to be writing a book. Um, you know, everybody sees the funny side of me, but I had a hard life growing up and, sure. uh, and, and so I, I'm super excited about, you know, just, just putting something out there that people can relate to and maybe inspire some others and, and kind of like, you can change your stars just from where you come from. Doesn't mean that's where you have to be. Like you can, you can do it and you can make something of yourself and, and no, you, I, I don't, I ain't going to make millions of dollars and, and be like no Kardashian or not. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm not going to, that's not my story. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be that person. However, like if I can just like help one kid through a hard time or, or like, you know what I'm saying? Just tell people to keep up the good fight and quote Joe Dirt to, to keep on keeping on. You know what I'm saying? Like if I, <laughs> Joe Dirt. Yeah, if I can do that, then maybe that's my calling, bro. Like maybe that's why I went on Survivor. Maybe that's what it's all about. Yeah, maybe so. You know so. what I mean? So I'm here for it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it sounds like you also made some long-term friendships, both with other cast members, but also just people from the show. Yeah, like, man, Big Tom, he... he He's an amazing guy, like just absolutely amazing all around. He's a good dude. And uh, me and Lauren's super close. I'm, I'm close with Tommy and, and Chelsea and, and uh, you know, a lot of the cast. I'm, me and Nora's really good friends. Like me and Karishma talk. Like I'm friends with, you know, and, and they should know that I'm here for them if they need me. You know what I mean? But more than that, like. I like that's why I got friends for 15, 20, 30 years is because once I'm your friend, I'm always your friend. You know what I mean? Like, that's just who I am. So, yeah, it's uh, the relationships I got from it was pretty cool. Um, 
I'm just blessed, bro. Like, how can I, like, yeah, I didn't win a million dollars, but look what all I got. Like, how can I not be thankful or, or like, you know what I mean? Like, how can I not be? Absolutely. Okay. So on New Year's Eve, you posted on Twitter that the year of the biscuit has officially begun. (laughs) Yes. The year of the biscuit. (laughs) I have to ask you, what did you mean by that? And what does the future hold for you? Well, me and my best friend, we kind of started doing this thing. It's the year of the biscuit. And all it, all it is is dude, just going into this year, just a positive mindset, a positive attitude, and like just putting it out in the universe for good things to happen. I've always said that my glass is half full. You know what I mean? Because I've, I've always expected anything that can go wrong will go wrong. That's how my life has always been. And I've just been the type that I just roll with it. I don't let it get me down. And I, I don't let it hold me back. You know, it's like, this is going to break. That's fine. I'm going to fix it. You know what I'm saying? Like, just moving forward. So instead of thinking that way all the time, I'm going to try to think positive this year and be like, my cup's full, running over. You know what I'm saying? Just putting it out in the universe. Just good things are going to happen. And uh, the year of the biscuit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> We're going to make some T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a great perspective. And if so many... if if more people thought that way, I think they would get so much more out of life. Yeah, it's true, man. And, and like, you know, everybody can make excuses for why you're not this or why you haven't done that. We, we all make excuses and, and, uh, you know, we all get down and out. We all have hard times and, and it's, it's how the choices you make that defines whether or not you're going to turn it into something good or not. You know what I mean? Like everything in life is a choice. You can choose to let things hold you back or you can choose to to hold on to things or dwell on them or you can choose to – I don't want to say choose to be sad because you know people get depression and that's something that's really hard to deal with and things like that. But you you can make choices to, to better things. You know what I'm saying? And so like uh, I, th- I think that's that's everybody, dude. We all make those choices, you know? So the, the ideal is – is that being the year of the biscuit, we're going to make better choices. We're going to have a better mindset. You know what I'm saying? That's the that's the idea behind the year of the biscuit. <laughs> I think that's great. S- spread the yeah. message. Okay, so another one of the most popular questions also has to do with the future. And you've actually alluded to it throughout this conversation. And that is, mm-hmm. would you play again? Because... It seems like once you've been on the show once, it just it's just the beginning of your relationship with the show. Have they mm-hmm. reached out to you? What does that look like? Are you or would you play again? Yeah, I, man, I would totally go back. And and here's the thing about Survivor though is because every season is different, the cast is different. Is like every single time somebody goes on, their experience is different. The only thing about choosing to go back is like I had such great experience the first time. That doesn't mean it's going to happen the second time. Right. You know, I hell, I may be first boot. I may be gone pre-merge. I may be with some people that I can't stand. You know what I'm saying? But I'm willing to go back just to see. And, you know, because I'm not going into it with so much baggage and so much emotional stress and this, this, and this, maybe my game will be different. Maybe I'll play a little different. You know, I might be a villain. You never. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you could be a villain. No, I don't think I can either. But, you know, I, I might be more strategic or, or, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah, I would go back and be willing to to, to see what fate would have in, have in store for me. That was one of the questions was, if you went back, what would you, based on your previous experience, what would you do different? And one of the specific questions was, um, would you be just a social right off the bat or if you could do it all over? Like, just kind of generally, what would you do differently, if anything? Well, I think because I am so popular, I think I would have a hard time. Yeah, I do too. Uh, and it would depend on the people that were with me, honestly. Because if I was placed with people that were super super strategic and super gamey, heady, whatever, whatever, I would struggle from the jump because they would want to get rid of me. You know what I mean? If I went with people that was similar to myself, whereas you know, it, if I like you, I don't care if you win in the end. I would be proud that I sat by you and you won. That's my mentality. You know, I said in my pregame, I was like, yo, if me and Sari ever played together, I would do everything I could to get to the end with her. I wouldn't cut her throat, you know, because she deserves the win. She deserves it. And so if I could get with somebody that was my mindset of like, let's just get somebody good to the end and just be happy for them. 
it would all depend on the cast and and who I was put with. Uh, I think that if I was brought back with returnees, that my shot would be better because oh, you really? know, uh, yeah, because I think that uh, you know, because yes, yeah, socially I'm a threat. I think I would become a threat in the end, but I don't think I would be a threat in the beginning because my loyalty and honesty would be valued. You know, because in the beginning you can't trust anybody. And if you find somebody that, that you feel you can trust and you feel, you know what I mean? I think people would see that in me, that they could trust me or they could, you know what I'm saying? So they would work with me. But I, again, I don't I don't know if I make it to the end because then it becomes a problem of Elaine's so lovable again. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Sure. So it's it would be up in the air. I, I would just cross my fingers and hope that they put me with somebody that's just big and hearted as I am and we ride or die together and then we both go to the end and whoever wins wins. <laughs> Is there anybody specific that you'd want to compete against if you were on the show again? Uh, no, that's kind of... Uh, I wish Chelsea would get another shot. Yeah. Um, You know, Chelsea, she's an amazing person and uh, she's super funny. Like, she cracks me up and she just has such a great personality and she's just she's just cool as all get out and i wish we would have got closer before because i never would have voted her out you know what i mean but uh, i really wish that she would get a shot again uh to be able to play um jason i would let jason if jason got to go back that would be super cool but if you're talking about like survivors over you know past seasons um uh, that would be hard because there's been so many. Yeah. Uh, Hundreds, seems like. Yeah. I mean, I typically like the same people. Like, I like Davey. Davey's a good guy. Um, Christian, he's he's a little odd, but I think he's good people. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, that that's the kind of people I root for is just all around seem like good people. One of my behind-the-scenes questions r- relating to this is when the show ends, the finale or whatever, and you go home, does do the people with the show say anything to you? Do do they do they leave the door open specifically to hey we you know we really enjoyed you on the show we'd love to have you back? Do they do they already begin that conversation or are you just going about your business and you wait for that call again? Well, I mean, when when you have interactions with people or whatever, they may tell you, uh, you know, you were great, you were my favorite, or you were. You know, you're amazing. But nothing official. I think I, th- I think you'll play again. But those are all just opinions. You know, anytime Jeff said, no, you're great. I was like, Jeff, I'm coming back as a villain. He's like, I don't think you can do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, uh, but I would, you know, or, or JK used to say, he's like, you're amazing. Like, you're going to, like, enjoy the ride, you know. And uh, John Kerr Hoffman. And uh, I was like, dude, don't blow smoke up my ass. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you say this to everybody. He's like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> But they don't say anything to you official. No, that's what I was gonna say. It's just, it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, if you suit uh, whatever the theme is, if you suit like the cast they're trying to build, or if you, then, then they'll call, and and if I don't, they won't. But I would think that there's a select number of cast members from the past, and I would expect you'd be one of them. That they like you so much that as each season rolls around, they're looking for a way to fit you in. Yeah, I mean, I I could hope that, and you know, from what you said, I I, I would think I would think that, but that's no guarantee. Sure. You know, and I I don't want to I don't want to bank on it, you know, but at the same time, like I'm not I'm not like setting it off. So, you know what I mean? Like I I'm not gonna close the door. You know what I'm saying? Would you ever consider going on Amazing Race or Big Brother? Yeah, actually, I was talking to Penny Lane earlier. I was like, "Yo, I'm gonna do Big Brother," you know. <laughs> and, and the thing is, though, it's like I would do Amazing Race. Like I would totally do Amazing Race with several different people. Like I think me and Lauren doing Amazing Race would be hilarious because Lauren is scared of everything. I think me and Chelsea doing Amazing Race, we would kill it because Chelsea's a competitor. Me and Big Tom, it would be TV gold because we are so funny together. Yeah. And like me and my woman, we would be lost in another country and probably have to move. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. we would never find our way back. You know what I'm saying? Amazing Race would be super cool, but I don't think I would have a shot in the world because I can't read a map. You know what I mean? I've never really been anywhere, but it would be a fun experience. Big Brother... I, I love Big Brother, and actually, in the, during the casting process, I would tell Penny, I would say, you know, if you guys don't cast me, I'm going on Big Brother. You know, yeah. I know Big Brother will take me. You know, I would tease her or whatever, and um, 
The thing is, like, if I went the big brother now, like, I would probably be an early boot. Yeah. Yeah, you probably should have gone on big brother first. Yeah, I mean, I probably should have, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> but being a reality TV star was never my goal. Right. If I'd have been right. strategic about it, you know, I would have went to Big Brother, and then from that, I would have went to... Sur- you see what I mean? <laughs> well, I, I think there's enough crossover between... Because all these shows are on CBS, and there's enough crossover mm-hmm. where they go from one show to the other that I think the viewer might wonder, and I'm one of them, that does CBS say, hey, you were great on here, we're going to help you get on one of these other two because because you were so good. Now, see, if you go back and look, uh, nobody has ever went from Survivor to other shows and then came back to Survivor. It's always been that they've taken from other shows and brought to Survivor. You know, they brought people from Amazing Race to Survivor. They brought them from Big Brother to Survivor. And then the only person that has went you know, I, I know Rupert done Amazing Race, and I know uh, Brett and Chris done Amazing Race. I thought someone else had had recently gone from Survivor to maybe it was big. Maybe oh, no, no, no. You know what it was? It was a, it was a um, couple pairs of people went from Big Brother to Amazing Race, not from Survivor. Yeah, Caleb come from Big Brother. Hayden come from Big Brother. Right. Uh, big Brother. And that's the thing, though. But I I don't recall one person going from Survivor to Big Brother. Yeah, maybe. So you're right. I think. I think they're they're all accepting coming to them, but I don't think, you know, I don't think they want you tainted as far as you going from Survivor to somewhere else. Not to say that they, I mean, you know, if you, if you did, you did, you know what I'm saying? But like, I just, I don't think they would want you to, you know? Yeah. That's it's like if Boston Rob, if Boston Rob had, had done Survivor once or twice and then went to Big Brother and then came back, it just wouldn't be the same. Yeah, maybe you're right. I think it's just selfishness on behalf of the viewers like me that just want to see you on everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, I would, love, I, would think, I would think if I could make it to like the first week of Big Brother, I'd be okay. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Then I would go deep. But the problem is, is when I walked in the door and somebody realized I was from Survivor. Yeah, you'd be done for. Yeah. unless it, Like I said, it all depends on the casting people. Right. Right. But, but also, don't you think that compared to Survivor that you'd be bored to tears at Big Brother? Uh... Yeah, I mean, I probably would because you're just in a house and and like. Well, and it's not even a house; it's just a set. It's a fake house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it probably would be boring. Yeah, I don't think you'd like it. But I think at the same time, like because I am who I am, I I would make the best out of whatever you know. Well, I think me and the, me and everyone else will just hope that you keep coming back on Survivor over and over. <laughs> well, that's what I'm hoping. I wish uh, I was hoping I'd get a call in the spring, come back, you know. But I don't think that's going to happen this year. But I mean, it's happened. I mean, I think Joe went from one season right into the next season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a possibility. It's but where they had, uh, you know, the season forties all returnees right, and right. Well, that's a good segue actually because I so this conversation will probably air sometime in the middle of season 40, but I, I don't want that to keep me from asking you mm-hmm. who are you rooting for in this milestone season that, that's filled with former champions? Dude, I'm re- I, I'm rooting for my boy, Nick. Okay. Cause you know, me, me and Nick are from Whitley County. I mean, uh, we both went to Whitley County high school. Like, uh, we're, we're just back holler. You know what I mean? Like, that's my guy. You know what I'm saying? So anything Nick does, I'm pulling from Nick. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think you should support those from your own community first. Absolutely. And foremost. And uh, and then after that, like, uh, there's a lot of people that I like. So it's kind of hard to say. So that's who you're rooting for. But who do you think will win? There's so many people that have such a good, good shot to win it. So Sandra has... She's the only one that has the opportunity to be the first three-time winner of Survivor. Yeah. But if she doesn't win, that means any other winner will join her as someone that's won that show twice. Yeah, going to take part of her crown. Listen, Sandra is awesome. I love Sandra. I think she's amazing. And and Rob's cool, too. You know, I like Rob. But I don't think they're going to win. I think their targets are so big. I just don't think... I, I don't think they're going to win. You know, like, one, one of them or both of them may even go semi-deep. I just don't think that they're going to let them get to the end. I just, they just can't. I like, uh, let's see. Uh, I think Tony, if if he can tone down his craziness, <laughs> I think Tony's got a good shot. I thought about him too, as one of the favorites. Yeah, I think Tony's got a good shot. I think, I don't think poverty can win. 
I think she's like Boston Robin Sandra. I think she has a huge target on her back. I like Sarah. I think she's a uh, she's pretty smart. I, it's so hard to call though. Like I like Wendell. I like Ben. I, I met Adam at finale. He he seems super cool. There's probably a good ten of them that I would say <laughs> has a great shot to make it to the end. You know what I'm saying? I think Nick's best thing got, he's got going for him is he's one of the newer winners. You know those those old school bloodlines and and hate and this that now he's not a part of that. But at the same time, that could hurt him because he's not a part of those uh, old school alliances either. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, I think sure. he's got I think he's got a good shot. I think I think Tony's got a good shot. Michelle. There's a lot of them that's got a good shot. It's hard to say. I know. Well, they're all former champions, so they all won somehow. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Elaine, you have been incredibly generous with your time today. You're an absolute delight. I join millions of Survivors fans in, in just, even if we can't convince you that you're one of our favorite players to ever do the show. <laughs> and it is because of the way you describe yourself. You are genuine. You're exactly who you say you are, but you're also kind and you're thoughtful. But we also love the way you play the game. You know, you're smart and you're strategic and you're wise. And you made the season. You made season 39 for so many viewers. And I just want to say thank you very, very much for being on the very first episode of the interview show. Well, I appreciate that, man. All those kind words. That's, that's super cool that you uh, feel that way about old Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much and take care. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. We'll see you, Elaine. The interview show is a production of Gravity Beard. It can be found on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at TheGBIS or on Facebook by searching The Gravity Beard Interns. You can call us on our hotline if you like. That number is 321-465-2180. If you enjoyed the show, please tell another human about it. Word of mouth is the best way to grow a show like this one. We'd also appreciate it if you'd subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast app. Special thanks to Phil Rude, that illustrator guy, for our logo. Gravity Beard is a proud member of the Podfix Network. To find other great shows consistently creating platinum-level content, go right now to podfixnetwork.com or search at Podfix on Twitter. This is the interview show by Gravity Beard. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>